Hello everyone, welcome back. We're back on the Iris Pod sofa at the Call and Contact Centre Expo here at London Excel and I'm delighted to be joined by Nikki Quinn, who's uh, from Playvox. Nikki, tell us about Playvox. You, you guys, first of all, before we dive into that, you guys have got the best stand here. <laughs> a literal pub yep. parachuted in with the football Absolutely. playing. Absolutely, we the have. Yeah, no, it's been a great success um, from our marketing team, been very popular. Um, yeah, I'm a solutions consultant at Playbox, um, and Playbox are focused on contact centre workforce engagement management. So digital first, 100% cloud, um, omni-channel. Um, so we look at workforce management across digital first contact centres, um, quality assurance products and Playbox customer AI. Excellent. So really, your solution is bringing, you know, customer routing into all of these different touch points. Yeah. And just before we jumped on, maybe this is where we'll start. We were talking about at that point where voice becomes a real human, becomes yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, so important to get that right, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, for me, having worked in a call center um, many, many years ago, and also as a customer now for, for many um, companies, there's nothing more frustrating when lots of different digital channels are introduced as a low, low cost to serve, but they're not designed with the customer in mind. So you're going around in loops and just get frustrated. Um, and it can also just result in you making that inbound voice call that perhaps you didn't want to make in the first in the first place because you don't have the time to make it. So it can be very counterproductive if it's not designed with the customer in mind. So, yeah, it can drive you insane. Your keynote yesterday was really talking about, you know, let's face into it, quite a serious economic situation going on. Uh, contact centres are generally regarded as a, as a cost base. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are some organizations that maybe you know position it slightly differently but across the industry generally a cost to the business um and you were talking about how we maybe tighten the belts a little bit and uh part of that's going to be about how we make automation work more effectively yeah. so that only the most important calls are then rooted to a human being tell us about what that keynote really dug into and yeah. how important this is for us to get right yeah so Obviously, we're in um, turmoil at the moment, should I say, um, and we're in times of economic downturn. Um, and for me, I really believe that this is where workforce management comes into its own because you need to do more with less. Um, and that's very difficult, if not near impossible, to try and understand and predict how you're going to manage that through Excel spreadsheets. So with the WFM tool, for me, things like automation, like you've just talked about, become key. So what can be automated, all of those cumbersome, costly um, tasks that typically fall with team leaders, um, take them away from their day job. Their day job is to mentor, coach and develop agents to be the most effective and efficient that they can be. So we can automate that, gift that time back to team leaders. And then there's other areas as well. So just making sure that you're understanding people's multi-skill sets, how that can be applied to an optimal level. Um, looking at um, all of the channels, so not just voice, so chat, email, etc., And just keeping that cost base down as well, but being as effective as you possibly can from a workforce planning point of view. Um, so I know it's a cost to invest in a workforce management solution, um, but if you are a manual spreadsheet holder, uh, user, I should say, 
um, today, there is rapid ROI to be seen through the automation and some other unique features that WFM tools offer. Um, so yeah, my, my keynote yesterday was talking mainly around all of those points. Do you think, I mean, in contrast to that, there's a lot of great technology here, Playvox, us, and you know all of the big players in the industry. It still feels like the industry is investing um, in revolutionary technologies to help do these sort of things. What, what are the other technologies that you think are the ones to watch? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a real advocate for WFM, but we know that's been around for a long time. Um, but what's unique and new in the WFM um, world for me is having a really um, adaptive and agile capacity planner tool. So you're not relying on the user manually inputting data. It's using live forecast. It's using live schedules. And you can apply what-if scenarios to that. And then it's going to help you do more long-term planning. That's essential in the current environment that we're in because it's not having that knee-jerk reaction to perhaps consider things like layoffs, um, but to understand the short, medium and long-term impact of that on CX and on the brand reputation as well. Outside of that, omnichannel has to come into play. Um, and AI. So there's a lot of AI out there that does um, analytics around speech, um, but it's important to be able to understand the in intent and sentiment of those digital channels as well. Um, so what's driving that inbound volume and so on. And then of course, something close to my heart, gamification. Um, I think it's been a buzzword in this market for a couple of years now, but I really see it coming into fruition. Contact centers understanding the advantage of it, the business um, benefit, the value. And of course, um, our new normal now with people working remotely and hybrid, it's really important that they have that collaboration and that they're, they're kept motivated. Um, I work from home. Sometimes it's hard. Um, to keep motivated 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, well-being as well um, is really high on the agenda for a lot of businesses. So gamification, workforce management, all those kind of tools can really help manage that effectively. Um, so they're, they're the things that matter to me personally. Well, do you, th do you think the trend of home and hybrid working will continue to, and, and you know, maybe this is a way that businesses see uh, as, as a cost saving, they don't need the floor space that they had yep. previously. It's now proven that it is possible. Yep. Um, the whole industry had to go remote in recent times. Uh, but on the downside of that, do you think do you think businesses have cottoned on to actually truly equipping uh, staff when they're working from home? Because it it is like you're on a limb a little bit. It's not good enough just to send them with a laptop and a headset. Yeah, I mean. Let's face it, the catalyst here was um, the COVID-19 pandemic. That was really, I think, um, the kick and the nudge that, that businesses needed um, to happen to understand how to become um, agile and adaptable. And let's face it, it's opened up the resource pool that people can um, actually recruit from. So we all want to recruit the best talent into our businesses. So that's a real enabler. Um, people, I think, on the whole, know that this is here to stay it's not a temporary thing as a result of covid it's woken people up it's opened their eyes um so it's definitely here to stay i think hybrid is a good approach so you've got a nice balance between being able to work in an office 
um, or home. Yes. But things like that motivation, that feeling of belonging, um, transparency into making sure you're aligning to the objective of the company that you work for. And that whole thing about collaboration um, is so important. It's more important now than ever. When you were sat in a call centre or a contact centre, you no longer have the luxury now to be able to look over and check that everybody's okay. Mm. So we have to be mindful to know, to have those timely reach outs to people, to make sure that we're scheduling those all important wellbeing meetings, those one-to-ones, those catch-ups, those team huddles, make sure that that communication is still happening and it is happening in an effective manner. Um, yeah, absolutely of key importance right now. Do you think, the, the mental well-being side, um, do you think that it's you know one of the key contributors to the to the relative high churn that we see in this industry? Um, or that's do you an think, interesting question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I kind of play with it in my mind because there's no doubt that that's the case. Maybe, maybe it's going to reduce because people feel more secure in their roles um, over the next little while. But I wonder what contributes to that churn and whether mental health is a big part of that. Yeah, I think mental health and well-being um, is certainly something that we have to be mindful of. However, I think disengagement is our largest issue. Right. Um, especially in the contact centre arena. It's a huge global issue anyway, but in the contact centre it's huge. Um, now, I think that would have been added to um, because of what's, what's gone on and then people suddenly have, having to um, work remotely. And it can feel very isolating. Yes. So that has an impact, obviously, on well-being and mental health and general wellness. But people also can just feel disengaged. You know, they don't know what's going on. That communication has broken down. Um, and lack of motivation and being disengaged obviously has a massive impact on productivity, um, attrition, sickness, well-being. So we need to really make sure that we're doing all that we can to invest in our people. Um, and it's funny, like if you ask somebody in marketing, you know, about um, the demographic of their customer base, they will spend the next 30 minutes, an hour, telling you everything that you need to know because they've invested that time and effort if only the same could be said about the amount of time and effort that they've spent understanding their people, um, I think there's a complete lack of investment around that. And that's something that definitely needs to change. Wise words. Thank you, Nikki, for joining us my on pleasure. the Iris Pod. It's been great to talk with you. You too. Guys, we'll uh, be back with more content. My voice is currently failing, so it might be <laughs> Diana seeing here rather than me. <laughs> but we'll be back with more from the Iris Pod sofa. Thanks, Nikki. Yeah, thank you.